bring in our first guest joining us here this week. Jack Janisiewicz is the Portfolio Manager and Lead Portfolio Strategist at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Jack, good morning. Great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. I look at your notes right now, thinking about the Fed's abandonment of their uh, average inflation targeting. And now last week, we got another example of uh, inflation very high, but maybe slowing somewhat on the monthly rate. Uh, but does that change anything they've told us lately? No, you know, I think, listen, everybody understands the year on year number is really not the one to focus on. It's the month on month number. We had a little bit of softness there. So a lot of that pointing to the used car backdrop. So you know, I think there's a, some glimmers of hope that did come out of that. One print certainly doesn't make a trend. But the bottom line here, you know, until we start to see a consistent uh, drop in that month over month number, I don't think this really changes the Fed mandate, at least over the next couple of uh, uh, cycles in here, or uh, next couple of months anyway. The market's giving them 50. They're probably going to want to take that 50. And I think that's the, uh, the MO that's going to continue to persist for at least the next couple of quarters in here. So even though they've abandoned the phrase transitory, your view is that overall they're still trying to make this fit into their average inflation targeting framework. So what does that look like? Does it give them uh, more bias to slow down than speed up at this point still? Yeah, and I think this is all about the difference between your path versus destination, right? The destination, obviously, you want to get inflation back down to around 2%. But the path is what matters in here. And if you want to try to engineer a soft landing, that path is going to be very, very important. And that's where I think maybe that average inflation targeting might come into play. Yeah, we might get to that sort of destination a little bit longer than maybe the market wants. But I think from the Fed's perspective, as long as inflation continues to guide lower, they're okay with it being above that target for some time, i.e. that average inflation target overshooting for the interim. But as long as it's moving in the right direction going forward, it's buying time. It's buying time for some of these supply chain issues to, to work their way through. It's buying time for the labor market to continue to recover. It's buying time for COVID to be put behind us. I think that's what matters in here. And that's that path that gets us to the ultimate destination, which, again, at the end of the day, I think that's still what we're talking about with maybe a little bit above average, but the period might simply be longer in, in time horizon. Thinking about ultimate destination, Jack, if we think about the economy post-COVID, if the ultimate destination is uh, something more normal like pre-COVID, it's clearly going to be something different, but just that overall economic trajectory higher. Last week, uh, we got a big sell-off on Friday right after consumer sentiment came in above expectations. To me, that's particularly troubling because if we're on a trajectory for the economy to improve and we're selling off when data beats expectations like that number did, how do we make sense of this as investors? And when do we get out of this upside down? It seems we're in, we're good data's bad for the market. You make an interesting point here because certainly good data is bad simply because the inflation or the interest rate expectations will shift. Uh, but a couple of things I would point to that are a little bit interesting here. You know, this is sort of along the lines of, you know, pay attention to what I do rather than what I say. You know, and if you look at a lot of those consumer confidence numbers, right, they're at historical lows. They're at levels that we've seen back at the, the March 2020 COVID depths, back at the 2007 GFC depths. But yet I look at the actual consumption data, and it's, it's actually holding up fairly well. Same thing with ISM. You're seeing ISM coming off a little bit, but yet the industrial production numbers coming out fairly strong. So, you know, listen, I think when you start to see the chop in the markets, you start to see the geopolitical tensions around the world, it certainly is going to make you feel probably less secure about that that future. But the point being here, 
you're not necessarily acting on that until we actually start to see some of that follow through, i.e. paying attention to consumer spending, uh, it's been holding up fairly resilient. And I think there's a disconnect there. Just paying attention to that disconnect, I think, is something also to take into consideration here. Jack, talk to us about your guys' approach and strategy for the funds right now. Uh, when you're thinking about uh, an inflationary environment that's been really hitting bonds pretty hard and then stocks at the same time, how do you get through that double sell-off, those days where there's not a lot working unless you're in a commodity that's up or maybe gold here and there has been doing okay? but stocks and bonds down together. How much of a problem is that? Yeah, and this is a tricky market. You know, we said coming into the beginning of the year that we expected the first half to be basically a, a W-shaped market, if you will, a lot of chop. And I think, you know, when coming into the break here, I think Kevin and Caroline are sort of hinting at the same thing, where there's still a lot of uncertainty overhang. And until that overhang uncertainty starts to clear up, you're going to have this range-bound chop that's working its way through the marketplace. And, you know, I still fall back on the idea that even though rates have pushed back up, um, it's still pretty tough to, I think, be invested in the fixed income side of the equation. So at least from a bond market perspective, you know, corporate balance sheets are still very, very strong. And so from that perspective, I think it makes sense to at least from the fixed income side of your portfolio, reducing duration. So maybe floating rates still make some sense. But on the equity side, it's really tough to have a huge position in the fixed income portion. That sort of inflation hedge, I think, still pushes you back to the equity side of the equation, but you have to be selective. And when you look underneath the surface here in equities, you are still seeing some leadership shifts. And that, I think even though we're moving a little bit more towards late cycle, so things like you know staples, utilities, healthcare are starting to maybe show a little bit of signs of life mm -hmm. where you're getting those headwinds from uh, tech, which is really suffering, I think, from multiple compression as rates continue to push higher. Uh, that's creating a little bit of a bifurcation there. But the bottom line, I think you still want to be owning equities. I think we're still in somewhat of a range-bound market. Sentiment's still pretty bad. So I think for us to break lower out of this range is going to take some incrementally more bad news. I'm not sure we're at that point yet. So I still think it pays to be overweight equities, but you have to be selective in those regions within the equity market to, uh, to, to really find some value in here. Okay, message received, Jack. Thanks uh, for the uh, take here this morning. Good start for us. Appreciate you joining. Thank you. You got it. Jack Jensenwicz is a portfolio manager at Atixis Investment Manager Solutions.